0: Hey friends, it's good to be in church online together. Uh, We miss you, we love you, we are praying for you and I know we will be together again here soon. Until then, we are gonna gather online and dive into God's word together. And today we're gonna talk from the story of Jesus on the road to Emmaus. My title for today's message is, He is risen, now what? He is risen, now what? How do we move on from the story of Jesus and his death and resurrection? And so we're going to get to some practical points of living for us today. And I love this story of the road on Emmaus. I have this painting here right by me. It hangs over my chair in my office. And I love to read God's word and read books on the chair with this over Me, Because it reminds me that Jesus is speaking to me through his word. And you can see there we got Jesus with the disciples there. And we're going to dive into this story today. And the story is from Luke chapter 24. And we just watched a video on it. Just a powerful story. And it starts off by saying, Now in that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So these disciples were going from Jerusalem to Emmaus. That means that they saw Jesus when he died and now they're going home because they're sad. It's kind of like the show was over. Jesus died, that was it. And we know from the story, they know that he's alive or that at least the tomb is empty, but they're not too sure about what's going on. And so the way I like to think of Emmaus, we don't know too much about Emmaus. So it's kind of like the unknown. Emmaus is the unknown. It's going away from Jesus. And it's the road of the brokenhearted. Because we learn in the story that these men are just so crushed that Jesus died. And so Emmaus for you is anywhere you're going with doubts or fears or insecurities or worries of today. I know there's a lot of needs and we're praying for you. And so Emmaus for all of us is this place where we go to that's away from Jesus, and of course in the story we learn that they come back to Jesus. They go back to Jerusalem. So we're going to take a look at this today, and I'm excited because they're going home. It's a half day. It takes a half day to walk to Emmaus, and so this this took some time. And so they're kind of moping. They're walking and. And then talking about each other, about all these things that had happened, it says in the scriptures. So they just talked about Jesus and how he died and how the ladies at the tomb said, we, he's not there, but what do you even make of that? And so they are discussing the first Easter, the passion of Jesus. And we just had Good Friday a couple weeks ago and Easter. And so again, today's message is he's risen. Woo. Now what? What do we do with this for our daily lives? And so the first thing we have to do is remember Jesus. Number one, remember Jesus, his death on the cross, his resurrection, and that he's also in heaven waiting for you. And so we remember Jesus today. And In verse 15, it says, while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. And I love this because Jesus was near. And it says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so today, Jesus is near to you. Whatever you're facing, God's with you. And Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And when he came down to earth, he showed us that God cares about what we go through. As Eugene Peterson said, he moved into the neighborhood. It's what God does. He's close. He's not far. Even when you're walking away from him. I think of Jonah in the Old Testament when he tried to go as far away from where God called him to God was with him and God sent him back to where he was supposed to go. So never think for a moment you're alone. And so in verse 16, it says, their eyes were kept from recognizing Jesus. And I find this very interesting. And we'll see how this all plays out in just a minute. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, what are you talking about with each other as you walk along? And they stood still looking sad. They were sad about Jesus' death. And we are sad about a lot of things that are happening around us. There are a lot of deaths. There's a lot of sickness. There's a lot of people that have lost jobs, that are laid off, or not working as much. And so there's a lot of uncertainty. And today, we can acknowledge that we are sad, we are grieving, but Jesus is close to us. And in verse 18, one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? And so Jesus is coming from Jerusalem just like they are, but he hadn't heard the news. It's like, hey, haven't you heard the word? Uh, Jesus died. And so this is great. Jesus' response cracks me up. He says to them, what things? And so it shows me that Jesus has a sense of humor. They're talking about Jesus and all of a sudden he says, who's this Jesus guy, essentially, right? So this is funny, but it also shows the heart of Jesus. Jesus doesn't act superior and all wise. He takes time to listen and Jesus wants to know what they thought of him. And I think of when Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they said, some say you're Elijah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus gets personal and asks them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, being Peter and just blurting things out, but he was so right. He said, you are the Messiah, the son of God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter, because this wasn't revealed by man, but from God in heaven, and so Jesus asks you today, and asks all of us, you know, what do you think of Jesus? And he wants to get personal. He's like, "How are you doing with things?" You know, maybe you're not close to God. That doesn't mean that He's not close, and we can draw near to God, and He will draw near to us. And so they replied to Jesus about what things are you talking about? They said the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed. And word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. And so we see so far that this is a good summary of Jesus. They talk about his identity, his calling, his work, his reputation, his rejection, his death, and then they're gonna talk about their disappointment. So they get personal in verse 21, they said, But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. And so this was the third day after Jesus died. They don't really know that this was Jesus, that he's alive. And so they're distressed, they're disappointed, and they wanted Jesus to overthrow Rome. That's how they envisioned it. They wanted Rome to be gone, that they would be free, uh, that they wouldn't be under the Roman rule. And they were not expecting the kingdom to come on a cross. They had the wrong expectations for Jesus' coming as Messiah. Uh, But the key here is, the key thing that we're going to learn in this story is that Jesus had to suffer. Clean cut Jesus is not real Christianity. No suffering means no salvation. And so with that light, we learn that Jesus' death really is forgiveness of sins and right relationship with God. And because he rose from the grave, he shows he has all power and we can have life because he lives. And so we move on in the story. And they said, and when they didn't find his body there, they came back and told us that they indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of them who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, But they did not see him there and so they were doubting because they too did not see jesus and we learned about this last week with doubting thomas and we can remember this week as well that jesus is close to the doubters and he will always be near to those who doubt it's not like when you start doubting god's like all right you you don't acknowledge me He's not that kind of God. He's a loving God. He's a gracious God. He gives us mercy and second chances. And even in the midst of doubt and fear and the unknown, God is so near. And he speaks even more clearly, I believe, in the times of doubt and the times that we need him to speak versus the times that are good and we have everything figured out. The truth is we really don't know what's gonna come ever, but in times of extreme disappointment, and sadness and grief, Jesus is really close. And so Jesus says to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. And so this is the second point. Number one, we remember Jesus. And number two, we read God's word. We read God's word and we allow the Holy Spirit to show you Jesus and have God's word burn inside you. And so we'll see Jesus explain the scriptures to these men and just see the transformation that took place. And so Jesus explained how everything led up to him. And this is the ultimate Bible study. Certainly we wish we could have been with Cleopas and the other disciple uh, on the with Jesus. And good thing we have the same Old Testament and the same Holy Spirit from God to reveal things from his word and have the word of God burn inside us. And so remember, remember Jesus and read God's word. And as they came near to the village to which they were going, he walked ahead of them as if he was going on. I love this because it shows that Jesus was acting like he had some place to be, the truth is that Jesus will always have time for us. Jesus will always have time for you. And he just wants to listen. And so we see that Jesus here, he doesn't force an entry. He just simply stands at the door and knocks. And I think of the story of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector and he was short. Uh, you know, that's just what the Bible says. And I love telling the kids that it's just, just a great story of how this man who's respected and everybody knows him, that, that doesn't mean he was liked. In fact, many people did not like the tax collectors, but Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. So he, he climbs into a sycamore tree and he sees Jesus and Jesus comes to him and he says, Zacchaeus? I'm going to your house today. And that's what Zacchaeus wanted. And so what that shows me is that Jesus knows us. He knows our name and he knows right where to find us and that he will never force an entry, but he wants to come in. And that's what it says in Revelation. He stands at the door and knocks. Will you let him in? I encourage you to let Jesus in to whatever you're going through today. And so, They urged Jesus, as he acted like he was about to leave, they urged him strongly saying, stay with us because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So Jesus went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, where are hearts? not burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening up the scriptures to us. And I love that last verse. And my question for you today is, does your heart burn when you read the scriptures? Remember our second point, we need to read God's word. Does your heart burn when you read the scriptures? And the Big question today is, have you come back to your first love? First of all, have you realized that Jesus loves you and he died on the cross for your sins and he rose from the grave and you can have a relationship with God through Jesus? And then maybe if you have accepted Jesus and maybe you're having a time of doubt, you need him, have you come back to Jesus because he loves you and he wants to hear what you have. And so as Jesus says to the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2, he says, I held, I hold this thing against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. And so the command is, come back to your first love, which is Jesus. And so that same hour, these men with Jesus got up and they returned back to Jerusalem. So they're not going to Emmaus no longer, they're coming back to Jerusalem. And that hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and their companions gathered together. And so the third and final point for us today, first, we have to remember Jesus. Second, we have to read God's word. And third, we have to reanimate hope, reanimate hope. And I know that's a big word, but I'm just encouraging all of us to make alive the hope of Jesus and make him our hope above all other hopes. I mean, nobody's gonna get us out of this situation we are in with sickness and the world being on shutdown for the most part. Nobody's gonna get us out besides God and his healing power and with his wisdom and strength to keep going we need Jesus. Nothing else will satisfy like Jesus. And so today, who are you going to? What are you going to? I encourage you to go to Jesus because when we reanimate hope, it means that we are made alive in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus. We we fuel the flame of our faith and we don't give up. And it says in Galatians, we will reap a harvest If we don't give up. So the message, and this is what we have to remember, is that Jesus, he's worth it. It's worth it to keep going. Never forget that. And so they were saying to the disciples, the Lord has risen indeed. And he appeared to Simon and they told of what happened on the road and how they had been made known to them about Jesus in the breaking of the bread. And so I find that so interesting because there's two theories I have about why it was the breaking of the bread. Well, the first theory is really cool to me is that when he broke the bread, they saw the holes in his hands. They saw the holes in his hands. And I have a quote here that the nail wounds will be the only man-made thing in heaven. If there's any doubt and and, and if there's anything going through your mind of, is this real? Can I trust Jesus? Just remember what he did on the cross. And he, re- he, he revealed himself to Th- Doubting Thomas and he said, just look at the holes in my hands. And so this is powerful in imagery that when he broke the bread, these disciples probably saw the holes in his hands and realized that this was Jesus with them. And another thought I have on this is this idea of Jesus being the lamb of God was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And let me explain, it says in Exodus chapter 12, uh, it talks about the Passover lamb. And God told the Israelites, take a spotless, perfect, um, unblemished lamb and slaughter it. Wipe the blood over the doorposts of your homes and then you are to eat that same lamb And what they're supposed to do is to give thanks to God and break bread. And so something clicked and everything changed when he broke bread because they realized that Jesus was their Passover lamb. And I believe that to be true as well, that they realized that Jesus wasn't here to get rid of governments and to change things like that in that nature to overthrow Rome. And even today, God's not coming to get rid of any political means or or, or change things on earth. He's going to bring his kingdom to come in the future. And all we have to do right now, the only thing you have to do as a Christian and believing in Jesus is wait for him and don't give up. Keep the faith. Keep telling people about Jesus. Keep being a light in a dark world. Keep working hard for your family and what God has called you to do. And so in this moment, when everything clicked and everything changed for these two men, They knew that Jesus came to take away their sins and give them right relationship with God. And my question for you today is, are you ready to come back to God? Are you ready to have your sins forgiven? Do you want to go to heaven and be with Jesus forever? Here's the three points again for us today. Number one, remember Jesus. Remember his death on the cross his resurrection, and that he's in heaven waiting for you. There's no other life to be found other than in Jesus, God's son. Number two, read God's word. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you Jesus in the scriptures and allow that word to burn inside you. And number three, reanimate hope. If you lost hope today, I encourage you to make it alive, to fan the flame. I encourage you, don't give up faith. God is in control. He loves you, He'll take care of you. We just need to trust Him. Reanimate hope because Jesus is coming soon. And to close, I want to talk about a thought I have from a book I've been writing called It's Worth It. And the idea for that book is to encourage young people to follow Jesus even when it's hard and to not give up. And just telling people in general, whoever would read the book, it's worth it to follow Jesus. It's worth it to do hard things. It's worth it to be faithful. And I just want people to know that Jesus loves them, that it's worth it to follow him. And as a young man uh, who said from the beginning, I will follow Jesus. That means whatever whatever happens, I will follow Jesus. When it was good times, I follow Jesus. And when it's hard times, even now, I'm gonna follow Jesus. I set out at the beginning of my faith journey, I said, I'm gonna follow Jesus. I'm gonna become a pastor. I'm gonna teach people God's word no matter what. So even on the hardest days, the days I want to give up, I will follow Jesus. And the subtitle for the book is Living for Jesus' Words, of well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. And I live for those words. I encourage you to live for those words alone. Just the praise of Jesus. He's the only one who is worth it all. He is worthy. He is worth it. Trust him today. And will you agree with me that we will follow Jesus no matter what. If things get worse, we'll follow Jesus. If things get better, we'll follow Jesus. No matter what, we'll follow Jesus. Because the truth is, God will never stop loving you. God's love is relentless and nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen? This is what we believe. This is what we need to hold on to. And so today, we are going to do a prayer for salvation. And I want you to repeat these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I trust you as my savior. In your name, Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, because it says in heaven that the angels rejoice over one sinner who repents. That means he just loves you unconditionally. There's nothing you can do from this moment forward to escape God's love. And for all of us who said that again, and we had faith in Jesus and we just wanted to reanimate hope, well done as well. Because Jesus is near and sometimes we just need a reminder that we're forgiven, that we're loved, and that God's in control. And so today, let's remember these three things. Remember Jesus. Remember his death on the cross. Remember his resurrection. and Remember that he's waiting in heaven for you. This is our hope. Number two, read God's word. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you Jesus and have God's word burn inside you. And number three, reanimate hope. Jesus is coming soon and he's our hope. And as we close, as always, I want to give you the blessing of the Lord that rests on all of us. And this blessing is for everyone, for our healthcare workers, for people who are sick, everyone in law enforcement, Everybody working at the grocery stores and everybody who's essential these days. And for all of our families with e learning and families that are together and uh, isolated during this time, every single person that reaches our church, our city, our nation, and our world, this blessing is for us. The blessing is may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And let's pray together as we close. God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you that you are with us always and that you love us unconditionally. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, that he rose from the grave, that he's in heaven right now waiting for us. And God, I thank you so much for your word that we can read it, be encouraged by it, and remember Jesus in it. And God, I just thank you for hope. God, I pray hope and strength for everybody listening right now, for every family, for our church. God, let us not give up hope. God, there's a harvest, and I believe it with all my heart. God, we are going to see you do many good works. And for this time, we ask for healing for those who need to be healed. We pray for a blessing for people that need to be blessed. And God, we just pray for hope for everybody who's listening and everybody who's hopeless and questioning if you love them. God, let us remember your love and how wide and how deep, how high your love is for us. Let us never forget how far Your love went all the way to a cross for our sins. And in that, we may have a relationship and a destiny with you in heaven forever. This is our hope. This is what we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed, friend. We will be together next week. Let us know if you need anything. We love you. Be encouraged. God bless.